0: This is Five on Three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports.
1: Nick Palmer, put your pants back on. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Welcome into another episode of Five on Three. We're recording?
2: Studio Two does things to a guy.
1: That's what I'm saying, man. WFUVs podcast for all things nhl i'm jack warner and i have one hell of a crew alongside me today i can't really make eye contact with them because of the like i can look over okay now we're making eye contact my point is it takes a little extra effort to make eye contact with them which these guys are worth all the effort in the world i have lou orlando on my left i have nick palmer on my far left and we're just going to be talking about a hectic week in new york puck because they played in a football stadium uh, Igor Shesterkin came back from the dead. Uh the Islanders had a you know a nice little quick turnaround after just an unbelievable choke, Nick. An unbelievable choke Pretty on special. Sunday, but they did have a nice little OT turnaround win, which we'll get into that in a little bit. And we're going to talk about for just a few minutes how Austin Matthews may they he might be Jesus Christ. Um, two, we'll we see. Really I'm a religious guy. Bingos. I know we're not supposed to do that, but he he could quite possibly be Jesus Christ. But listen, with my two guests, or my two co-hosts, I should say that I have the pleasure of hosting with today, both have something very interesting in common, and that is they were both in the press box at MetLife Stadium this weekend, covering the NHL Stadium series game between the New York Rangers and the New York Islanders, an overtime thriller, a comeback victory for the New York Rangers six to five. I want to start by just passing it over to you guys because it seemed like it was a very once in a lifetime opportunity for the both of you and I really just want to hear how things were inside the press box I'll, I'll let you guys know how things were in <laughs> section 326 in just a few minutes but I want to hear what you guys had to say about just that whole experience getting to cover a game in uh, just such a spectacle
0: not only was it the best weekend of probably my obviously my beat reporting career it was one of the better weekends of my life just in general I mean I, I got the chance to sort of you know, help work behind the scenes with Burley and Matouch on the Devil's Flyers game, which was a lot of fun. Sort of got to hang out, do some silly things with Maddie Bimonte. Did a sausage review, uh, in the concourse, which was very nice. Going around in your mouth, Jack. So I, oh, oh, I meant to say for that intro next time I'm a hosting, I'm I'm really gonna get you. I'm excited. You here's the yeah. thing:
1: like you, you you say that as a threat, I'm
0: excited. Oh, you, you should get you're it, excited that. now, but yeah, that's true. The Islanders Rangers game, so many emotions. <laughs> Such a great time with Lou Orlando. I mean, e- even just the whole day, really, not even just the game, but but the entire day getting to beat report with Lou Orlando was was Aww, just a real treat. Thanks, man. And uh, I mean, I hope this is to many more.
2: I mean, I first and foremost, I think the good times keep coming because have we ever been on a podcast together the three of us like this? I'm, I'm sure. Are I th- how I'm we? Sure. I think. Could-
1: we so sure? I think we've been on a crew together, but I think there's always been a fourth. I don't think it's ever been just us three. I think it's always been someone that we call like because the casts are always three, but I think I think there was a crew that was us three, but then we either called in Maddie or called in mm. Burley or mm. called in somebody.
2: Either way, I mean the the vibes in here are great. So happy to keep it going. But yeah, the I mean the stadium series is. I kind of had trouble putting it into words. I think I had a tweet out there where I got a little sentimental, like. The first Rangers game I ever remember was 2012 Winter Classic Rangers Flyers Hank makes the shootout save again or the yeah the shootout save against Claude Giroux. I remember sitting down watching that with my dad like that's my first Rangers memory to get to cover that game the Stadium Series game was a really cool full circle moment for me and I mean I don't think that I've ever had a cooler beat reporting experience in my life to tailgate in lot B of the MetLife Stadium parking lot with Jack and Tim Warner cooked up some tim cooked up some really good steak sandwiches with some horseradish sauce on there i mean it was everything that could have gone right for that experience went right including a pretty awesome rangers win we got to talk to a lot of media guys i think was cool like that's the one thing that kind of set in for me and you i thought was that we know so many people on both sides islanders and rangers that's like had this game happened last year i think it's a very different experience but to to chop it up with Johnny Lazarus and Joe Pantorno and Stefan Rosner, like, that was really a cool merging of the
0: worlds. Just just great guys all around it. And, and you mentioned that, you know, you had a tweet where maybe you got a little sentimental. Need, you had another tweet, Lou. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. You had another right. tweet, Lou. And, and I want to take this opportunity to give you your flowers for this. You had a fantastic question. To rookie, I actually Matt didn't ask Remby. the question. I
2: should, I should say. Okay. I, just, I just filmed it, well, you, which feels a little cheap. Well, it, then you had, back. you
0: had a, f- you had the, the wherewithal, great
2: to grab
0: a video that no one else was getting, that you knew the public was gonna like. Anyway, this tweet ends up getting almost five hundred thousand impressions, over five thousand likes, and and just a great response overall. Uh, Kevin Weeks did like it, which Kevin cool. Weeks liked it. Mm-hmm, Who? Was big me. I mean, he's he's one of the big. Guys He's a on Big TV. person in the media yeah, for sure. Love that guy. Um, just first of all, like, what was it like for uh, one of your uh, one of your posts to start gaining it, traction? It was
2: stupid, is what it was. Like, it's just looking at my phone time and time again because I checked a, a
0: decent bit. I won't you, lie. You, if it if it's your first one that like it, it gets kinda, traction, it, dude, I,
2: I had a. I had, like, a John Boy one earlier in the summer that was kind of cool. That and was that, so cool. But that But really this cool. made it seem so much smaller With in comparison. BBD
0: mentioned you. BBD right. shouted you out. Oh, um, right? it was special. Yeah. Um,
2: but, no, it was funny because we were in the – Jack's dad drove us home, and we are in the car going back, and I posted it, and I was like, this could do well. Like, I feel like hockey people like this type of stuff. I didn't think it – I think it was gonna blow up the way it did, but uh, no, I mean that's like there were so many cool storylines from that game because like obviously there's the comeback, but like Matt Rempe makes his debut, plays less time on the ice than he does in the penalty box, but it's because Matt Martin offers him a fight. Like there was just so many. I mean that entire game was
0: awesome, and the whole Matt Martin storyline there, where I, as I think about that situation more and more, I start liking it less and less. If do you really, I think it's fan, awesome. If you're an Islanders fan, it felt like I don't know. Maybe Matt Martin's mind wasn't totally on contributing and winning the game. But if, also, I mean, I, I, you do have it to, was you, a minute you, and thirty. It you, was a minute and ten seconds. I you do I have to
2: remember that after that fight, the Islanders scored three straight goals. Right. Like, I, 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 if anything, the the fight worked against the Rangers because the Islanders bulked up. And had to jump the rest of the period. So that's it's not point. like... I don't think the fight has anything to do with the fact that the collapse in the third period. I understand what you're saying in the sense of, like, this is a big game and Matt Martin's first thing that he does is he offers a rookie a and, fight. I just think it's a really cool, like, hockey guy move.
0: Re- really cool hockey guy move, I, I, I guess. But that that's sort of how you could also paint it negatively is, like, yeah, it's a really cool hockey guy move, but, you know, on a year where it's probably his last year it just feels like he's a guy just trying to get, you know, like sort of his stuff in before retirement, mm-hmm. like, and sort of like maybe playing the game more for fun rather than winning. That's an argument I was seeing a lot on Twitter. I don't necessarily agree with it, but yeah. that's that's what I saw. I mean, saw th- the, only,
1: the yeah. only thing that I took away from that whole situation, and I don't know, I, he's always been known as a bit of a, a rat on the ice in terms of being able to fight and being able right. to be chippy and being able to get into it with people. Um I hate to I hate to, you know, go against the Rangers as I as I cover the team, but one of my favorite YouTube video titles ever has been Matt Martin hit sends Jacob Truba back to Winnipeg where <laughs> nice during uh during I guess during the COVID years where the uh the COVID year where the arenas were empty, it was a Islanders Rangers game and he just Truba was stumbling when he got back up and had to go to the bench because Matt Martin pummeled him. He's a big guy and a great guy. Right. But I also think at the same time, like on the same token, Matt Martin has been one of the more general be generally generally likable rats. Where yeah. I think a lot of people really liked him, and a lot of people Go know. Go dye him. your hair. Guy was just about to say, you're such
0: a you're such a jerk. Oh my god,
1: Sorry. your turn, your turn. No, I was. Funny.
0: Your turn. Keep going. Your Please. turn. Going. You know, you know, you <laughs> talked about likable rats. Here's uh, let's talk about an unlikable rat who got his what one thousandth his one thousandth game recently for your Boston Bruins. Don't you Marshall? dare.
1: Don't you dare!
0: A little mouse? He licks. People. Huge, he licks. He, he licks people. Lick people so oh, he licks people. He licks people. <laughs> he eats all that cheese. What? Just what? What's your take on Brad Marchand? One thousand games.
1: I'm gonna be honest with you. I I completely like. I was jokingly saying, "Don't you dare!" I completely understand. He's one of those players that unless he's like, if he's on your team, you're gonna go to war for him, and if he's not on your team, you think he's a a, a tumor. Um, I love, I love Brad Marchand. Um, I think seeing him play in his a thousandth game was really like bittersweet because it's one of those where it's like I think he he does have the health and the longevity to have multiple more seasons in the tank but it does kind of give you that reminder of like when your favorite players start to reach the back nine and I thought it was a very bittersweet moment um, I don't think I, I'm not as high on this Bruins team in, in nearing the back th- the last third of the season as I was during the first two thirds of the season um, but then I also said to Lou that that could you know kind of work. It could kind of work in a different direction though, because last year they blew it with all the hype around them in the greatest season that they've ever had. Yep. Perhaps maybe this year they light a little more of a fire under their ass in the playoffs because they didn't have the greatest, you know, end cap of the season. Or I, I know we're early; there's still a month and a half to go. Um, but perhaps you know there's still more to be seen from them. But to push, you know, to put a bow on it. I love Brad Marchand. Do you I'd believe come. in the President's Trophy
0: curse?
2: Oh 100%. I one hundred percent believe
0: in the President's Trophy curse.
2: I believe. I don't want the Rangers to get the President's Trophy this year.
0: I feel like the Panthers are, might get it again, yeah. which would be spell trouble they're, for them. They're
2: actually, I think they're probably the they're probably the team that could handle it the best.
0: They blew it like two years ago. Yeah,
2: that's why. That's why I think they could handle it the best. <laughs> to be honest with you, and the run they had last year, Florida's scary. Florida is scary. I don't. I. To get back to the stadium series, because I mean that entire weekend was awesome. I think that I don't know if this is the same for you. My take on how backbreaking that game for the Islanders was has changed dramatically. Like, I think in the moment, once that game ended, I was looking at it very much like, you know, this, this was a cha- this was a chance for two teams that are outside of the playoff picture to make statement wins and maybe turn around their season. Because if you if you looked at the weekend, it was. Four of the top five teams in the Metro three, four, and five. And the Devils won on Saturday, and that was a big win that we talked about last week, about if they win that game, maybe that's the start of them getting back to the three seed or whatever. For the Islanders to have the lead and then lose it, I was like, you know, when the Devils win that game, like, that's a really tough look. But then you go, you look at Tuesday, and the Devils get crushed by Washington, and the Islanders come up with that really cool overtime win against Pittsburgh. And it's maybe that game doesn't mean all that much. I'm not going to go Evan Ro- – I think the Evan Roberts take is asinine about the Ranger fans are treating this like Game 7 and this yeah. is just a oh, regular that was, season Oh, game. my God. Listen, the stadium series, it's a spectacle. It's really cool. And this game mattered for the playoffs. This is not just a random oh, yeah. game against Seattle. So to say that it's just a regular season game, it had more meaning to it and had the Islanders won that game, I do think it could have been a spark. At the same time, I've kind of s- taken a step back from the – Maybe it's not the devastating back blow that I thought it was in the moment. Can
1: I do just like a slight
2: pivot real quick? Go for it. Pivot. Um, so
1: you brought up that Evan Roberts take. It's awful. I used to – so when I lived in Detroit, we always had this local rap station where Charlemagne the God would have the donkey of the day where he would just pick somebody who did something not cool, like generally unlikable, a okay. lot of times would be President Trump. Um, There were several different people that would get donkey of the day, and they would give a news headline as to why they're donkey of the day. I'm giving Evan Roberts donkey of the day. That was one of the worst takes I've ever heard, and I usually, like, even when there are sports personalities who talk on the radio and talk on TV, even if they have a team that they absolutely like and, and root for or pull for or whatever, or have an agenda against a certain team, most radio personalities and tv sports personalities are at least able to mask it to a certain extent where they can still sound reputable all that rant did was made him sound like a salty islanders fan whose wife left him 30 years ago it was like it was pathetic i mean it was like seriously i don't understand how like leading up to it and i know we'll never see his reaction because the islanders never won the game but i would be really i would be damned if he wasn't reacting entirely differently if the rangers lose that game because it was a statement victory over one of the best teams in the NHL and it was in front of a sold out crowd that was dominantly ranger fans by the way i i just can't imagine that there would have been that same downgrading of importance if that game had gone the other way that was one it's of the it's hypocritical most, it, was no, the, absolutely. it was one of the dumbest weakest rants i've ever heard and to say that like to hype up year round we always look forward to these Stadium Series games, no matter who it is. I think the, you know the the Kraken Golden Knights one got a little bit of hate because there's some newer there's there are the two expansions and the you know there's some teams that haven't got one yet. But besides that, every time there's a Winter Classic or a Stadium Series, it's looked forward to. It's a spectacle, and he just sounded like such a whiny brat when he was on that rant that I would like to, for the first time in the history of five on three, I would love to give him Donkey of the
0: Day. There you have it. Uh, I completely agree with you. I I think the only argument that you can make to downplay it is just the reality that it is two points. Right. And that's it, and at that's the true. end of the day, that's the only argument you can make that it that saying that, okay, at the end of the day, it's two points. And that's if if you're an Islanders fan, if you're gonna drink any copium, that's the copium that you have to drink. It's just two points, it's just like and any and other And game. you got
2: one. I keep forgetting that they got a point. And you it and doesn't yeah, and you got I, a point. Listen, I don't think there's a single player in the Islanders locker room that went back into that locker room went, hey, we got a point today. Right. But you do forget they took the game to overtime. The Islanders love their OT losses, and they added another one. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and then and then you come back and win an OT game against Pittsburgh. So like, it's the exact same thing as let's say you get that dub in the stadium series game, and then you go and lose a close game in Pittsburgh. It's the exact same thing, and I think people would be looking at it very differently if that happens. So that's what you have to tell yourself. With that said that was absolutely excruciating to watch and i uh i was worried about the mentality of the team going into the game against pittsburgh i really was uh that locker room was beyond it was a library uh you know you only had maybe two players coming out at a time uh speaking so quietly my my phone could barely pick them up uh brock nelson looked I don't think "defeated" is the right word, but certainly he was pausing before every answer that he made, making some really like deep sighs. I'm like, oh, I think he was still processing it, still processing it. But what's important is they came back on Saturday, or sorry, not on Saturday, on uh, Tuesday, mm-hmm. win that game in Pittsburgh. And I'm not gonna say, like you said, Lou, that that this is a fix all because they made a lot of the same mistakes that they were making in the in the stadium series game, taking way too many penalties. That's just been guess a what? problem all year long, right? I mean, it, I know it really yes, reared a yeah. 10 in the
2: stadium series game, but that's not just like a recent term.
0: 30-second uh, penalty kill in the league. Worst penalty kill in the league. One of the funniest bits we had
1: on the show was when you got out of your seat and talked about... Your that's st- what I was th- thinking. They teach it. you as a Wee, What was it? Keep your stick on the ground. Keep your stick on the ice. Yeah, that was it. Um, no, I mean, it's been a It's been a discipline issue for them for majority of the season. Sezikis is out now, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here's what I want to ask you, though. Um, I guess we'll just pivot into some brief Islanders before we dive back into things. Do you see this season having a similar ending? Or I, I should say this year's regular season having a similar ending to last season's regular season ending, where if they are to make the playoffs, it's... Secured by
0: a win that's in game eighty or later i was I was on one of like the Islanders like spaces on X or whatever, mm-hmm. um, and we were sort of talking about that same thing uh, right now, the odds of them making the playoffs are roughly around what the odds were of them making the playoffs last year really? hovering around a small fifteen sixteen seventeen percent wow. Uh, they were able to make it up last year. You can't expect them to do that again.
1: I mean, it's true. They're technically with OT losses. They're they're ten games under five hundred. Right. Right. Uh,
0: but points are points, and that that's something the Islanders continue to stress. Even right. though you'd like to win those overtime games, and you're you're not going to anyway. Barzell can't score in the shootout, no matter how hard he tries. But if he has a breakaway at five on five, he's totally fine. Did did you guys know about this? Like. Barzell, the, the average shootout make percentage is around 33%. You told me about this. Barzell's hovering at around 21. uh, And it's just because he has too much time to think. So, you know, I'm I'm worried about the PK without Casey Sazekas because after the Stadium Series game and after they go 0 for 3 on the penalty I mean, kill. I sorry, that was abysmal. Or, sorry, the 3 for 5, uh, 2 for 5 on the penalty kill. Sazekas was the only one owning up to the fact that they need to be better on the penalty kill. Him and Wah, that's it.
2: I will say to the point about it. Does it look like last year? For a number of reasons, last year is not a formula you want to repeat. Yeah. Besides the fact it came down to a last game, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna 82. let you forget that the only reason that you made the playoffs is because Pittsburgh choked it away. Yep. I forget who they lost. I it was like Montreal or like Chicago. One they of lost the bottom. It was Montreal, yeah. right? Yep. Like that's the only reason. Look like Pittsburgh had the the wild card spot locked up, and yep. they choked it away. I think this is another situation where if the Islanders make the playoffs, they're going to need help. Detroit's going to need to fall off. I said to Jack last night, this is a this is a season where I don't see a wild card coming out of the Metro. I think it's three for the Metro and five from the Atlantic. And so you're really going to need you're going to need help.
0: It it all comes down to the fact of wh- whether you not whether or not you think the changes Law is making will be implemented in time before the end of the season. If you think that this win win against Pittsburgh is that swing in the right direction, which I don't think it is, uh then I can see you talking yourself into a playoff spot it's all it's also just a a little bit too early. I'm not gonna say it's it's you know it's so early that like we don't need to be seriously worrying about it, but if you can find yourself a nice streak say go seven like a nice streak of like seven two and one. And you can find yourself saying with like comfortably saying, Okay, I can see this team making the playoff spot.
1: I mean, that's just the toughest place to be in though is once you start once you're in a position where you're not only relying on your own wins but others losses is always the kind of the worst position to be in. We're not in in that spot yet. Right, and that's but that's where you it's it's where you're ultimately heading if things (laughs) don't you know what I'm saying, if things don't kick up soon. One Last thing I want to talk about before we kind of like fully move away from the stadium series, and this is very specific, like very random, but I think it ties into like a, a greater topic about this individual. I didn't realize as I was sitting in – I was in th- section 326 of MetLife Stadium, so I'm up high um, with my dad watching the game. It was one of the craziest games I've ever Which just is, like been Yeah, by the
2: way, you never talked about how it was from the fan perspective, and to be honest, like we couldn't really – We didn't get a ton of the fan experience because we were blocked away. So,
1: yeah, let me touch on that really quick. So, first of all, the coolest part of the whole weekend, in my opinion, is the fact that, like, everyone can acknowledge that hockey is the most niche major sport in America when you think about it. Um, A lot of people relate to the sports that they watch just on the sole fact that they've played it at some point in their life. So every little kid played soccer at one point. Every little kid played T-ball at one point. Every little kid played Pop Warner football at some point. Not every kid has played hockey at some point. And that sometimes causes the sport to be a little more niche. And yes, you know, the NHL is a big successful league. The Rangers sell out Madison Square Garden every night. But it never feels as though you're putting, like, I, I mean, when I say we or you, I mean sports media or just, you know, the news ever puts hockey on the same magnitude as, say, a, a base an MLB or an NBA. Seeing 79,000 hockey fans in one building watching a game was one of the most unreal experiences I've ever seen, and my dad would not shut up about it after he left. He Neither
0: said, did Saquon. Because
1: <laughs> he doesn't even see that many for a football game. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was, that was a little nice. Um But seeing the entire city... And yes, it was a little bit Ranger dominated, but seeing the entire city funnel in generations, old and young, the, you know, some of the crazies. I was telling Lou, some of the Ranger jerseys I saw with names I, I've never even heard of in my life. Like just, and I'm not even talking like, like oh, that guy may have had a little stint with the Rangers. I'm talking like, who the hell is that? Um, Just the fan turnout and the fan energy just shows you, not only the reach that this, that the sport in general has, but how special the hockey culture is in New York City. It really is. How
2: many Tanner Glass jerseys do you think were in that mm.
1: last I night? saw one. <laughs> did you see a Tanner I saw, Glass I jersey? I saw a Tanner Glass jersey. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I saw one. It's my guess. Um, as far as the uh, it, just watching the game, fan experience from sitting up top, the coolest thing, and I, and I touched on this a little bit with you. I think I told both of you guys. The coolest thing they did was they mounted microphones around the ice. So because I was up high, if they didn't do that, you probably couldn't hear much um, that was going on down on the ice. But because they mounted these mics around the rink, you heard the skates scraping the ice the whole time. It was like you were listening to a TV broadcast without the announcer. And anytime a puck hit a post, you heard a ping. So like it kept us in the game where like the seats were good, but it was a little harder to track from sitting right. up in the top of a football stadium. They did such a nice job of like enhancing the fan experience for it being in a football stadium because you had the you had the setup that way.
0: We're not gonna talk about AJR. That was that sucked. Yeah, what about that's um, that's what really about the, the one down thing? About what it. about the random people hula hooping? Oh my god, I loved in it. TV was So the funny. People walking dogs. Yeah. And the guy who wasn't riding a bicycle but walking a bicycle across. So I saw him. It was so funny. I think
2: I sent the TikTok to Nick. I didn't send it to you, but it was the. There were a lot of people riffing about that online. Yeah, it's it was so
0: funny. I saw it and I was like, what? What is the purpose? They're going of for
2: this? the park vibe. I didn't get it, but. I thought it was funny.
0: <laughs> really enhance the the fan experience. No, I, I
1: I thought it was really cool. The one thing that I it thought, did. the the one thing that I thought was funny though was they you know how like at any hockey game they do a first period I mean a first intermission second intermission interview with like a player they interviewed Islanders players both times because it's their it was technically their home game and um you just like. Like I was looking around the entire surface of the field. You couldn't find them. Like, I don't know where they were doing it. Cause you could look on the screen. Kyle Palmieri was doing an interview outdoors. I think they interviewed Horvat and Palmieri and it was outdoors. You could see the girl interviewing him. I looked around so hard. I couldn't find them like while they were being interviewed. I I don't know where they're next to the glass. That could, that, that could be why. Um, but no, I mean, it was a 10 out of 10 experience without a doubt. And, um, the other thing I thought was really cool was second intermission when they did the New York Hockey Legends tribute. Yeah, that was cool. They should have – the only thing that they screwed on that one was they the, the PA's mic was way too low. It was really hard to hear the PA at times. Um, but it,
2: Announcing the All-Star game
1: in front of that crowd was, was cool. was really cool, yeah. um, the whole thing. Go. And then I think I speak for all three of us to kind of in closing. I speak for all three of us when I say another really just special aspect of the weekend was like, you know – I've seen a lot of really cool Ranger games. I saw the 41 Save Igor game the other night um, where it's just one of us sitting up there, and it's just one of us watching, and we're doing our job. Um, The special part of this weekend, I think, was that we were experiencing this basically constantly surrounded by people we care about. I mean, it was really cool that you guys were covering the game together in the booth. You came down to my dad's tailgate. My dad and I, who like hockey didn't really become big in our family until I started covering it for the station. That's the first NHL game my dad and I have ever gone to together. And, and I heard him talk about hockey in ways that like mm-hmm. we've never talked about hockey before because he was finally back and watching the sport again. Um, there was just so many moments where it was like the event itself was cool enough, but the fact that we were all just surrounded by people we loved the whole time was just so freaking cool.
0: Who it, is cutting
2: onions? Right? It's, but it is. It's a testament to the NHL because the NHL rightfully gets a lot of hate because they mishandled their league a lot, and they don't do a great job with marketing all the time, but they nailed this weekend. I think it helps a lot that the Sunday game, Rangers Islanders, was an, an instant classic and was so chaotic. And you have people that aren't hockey fans tuning in, watching the whole game, and going, Man, this sport's awesome! to the point where even in the studio a couple of days ago, like I have Ben Oppenheimer and Kurt Sippel telling me, They're like, Hey, we're not hockey fans. I watched every second of that game and thought it was awesome. I didn't realize that the logo for the Stadium Series was the state of New Jersey until like we were in the press room. But that's cool. Like uh, it, you didn't realize that? No, it took me a while. Really cool. It's, it, I thought they just—they absolutely the NHL nailed this weekend, which is not yeah. something that they do all the time. The TV broadcast, like sometimes those games can be hard to cover and broadcast. And I thought they did a tremendous job. Like the NHL nailed this weekend, and it's these are the type of weekends that help the sport. They'll probably never get out from fourth in the big four, but you can get a bigger following and start being more competent, and it's weekends like this that really show how good the NHL is when they try.
0: Ben, Ben, I was actually talking to Ben right before the show, and he said, uh, he said, you know, yeah, I, I was watching the stadium series, and uh, I'm gonna be watching some more hockey right now. He told me that, that he, that's he, he, that's told me that he was asking
2: about um, whether or not the Islanders should blow
0: it up. Right, he was talking <laughs> to me about yeah. that, You too. told me about that. that that's the, That was the exact phrase that he said, so, uh, have you been looking at the uh, Islanders fans on Reddit? And I was like, "No, he would, he I, no, I, 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 I haven't looked at the Islanders feed on Reddit." <laughs> he's, he's like, "Well, they're saying that. they're saying they should blow it up," and I'm like, "Oh, you talking about firing Lou?" And he's like, "Yep, yep, blow it up." And I'm like, "All right, Ben." Oh, uh so anyway, that's to say, hockey's for everyone, and that was really nice of you to say, Jack.
1: That's enough Stadium Series. Probably that was really cool, all of it. So I feel like we've touched Stadium Series, um. We touched briefly on really just the state of the aisles. We'll get to. We can probably get into a little more of that later. I do want to talk about Igor the other night and talk about the Rangers. Sh- I mean, shameless plug. I was there. Um, SNY reminded everyone that I was there. Boy, um, did that! Th- it was really this cool. This guy had
2: a big press conference moment. Oh yeah, we'll talk about
1: that in a little bit because that actually involves something that I want to talk about with this game. But you go into this game. The Rangers and you're riding the hype of the Stadium Series, which, by the way, yes, in its own right, was an unbelievable victory, but was also like, you know, I I won't say they won ugly because it was sick. They persevered and they, and they came back, and it was what they but did
2: get outplayed for two and a half. They years. got outplayed
1: for two and a half periods by the New York Islanders. Um, sorry, Nick, and um, you head into their first game back from the stadium series with all the hype surrounding them just after that game and it's with the Dallas Stars. And the first thing I'm thinking of when I like when we're when I'm looking at the you know the week's schedule, I'm like, okay, it's the Stars game tonight is Rupe hands. I'm yeah, just kidding. I, no, um, that's exactly- so no, it's 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 um no it, I'm it, not kidding. In all well yeah, in all seriousness though. Um Dallas Stars who going into that game are second in the West. They trailed the, they trailed Vancouver by four points out of first place. And by the way, the first time the Rangers and the Stars met, they pimp-slapped the Rangers. I mean, it was ugly. Hmm. I think Igor was in net, too. I don't remember. I don't remember remember exactly. But it was a 6-3 final. That's all I remember. It was in Dallas, and it was a 6-3 final.
2: Ooh, I do remember this game. The score ended up being more—that was the first time that LaViolette pulled Igor— with like six minutes to go, yeah, because they were struggling, uh-huh. and Dallas scored like two empty net goals. The yep. Stars are just. so I think Barclay Goodrow scored against. in the final second to make it six three. It was six two for a minute.
0: That's the thing about the Stars is like they're, they're so exhausting to play against. Yep, and, and their and they're, offense they're, is crazy. They're not right, but they're not the team that's gonna run up seven eight goals mm-hmm. on you. They're the team that's gonna exhaust you with their offense, like guys like Jason Robertson. And such and Rupe hints and Rupe hints, Uh hints, Rupe hints and Rupe hints, Rupe hints, Rupe hints, <laughs> Oh my God, Rupé I can't Hintz? stop saying it. Uh, yeah, that that's the team, and that's why I think they're never gonna win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> uh, I no no, I actually don't. I think I think unless if they land like another really big piece that will actually help them put the puck in the back of the net, I don't think the Stars They they will ride this weak Central Division to a playoff appearance every time, maybe win a round or two, and then falter.
1: Damn. All right, cool. That's very analytical about the Dallas Stars. I wasn't expecting that sort of.
2: Let's get back to Igor. To the Rangers. Because Igor had two crazy Well,
1: yeah, I want to talk about. Yeah, so wait. So let's get into that because, (laughs) first of all, the Rangers, I I won't go as far as saying they lucked out because he has, like Scott Wedgwood has had a good season, but it it was not Jake Ottinger in net for Dallas. Um, Adam Fox, Capo both scoring some goals. You got Vincent Trocek adding on at the end with a little empty netter. But the story of the game is Igor Shosturkin, who sets his season high in saves, 41 of 42. He has a windmill save, and then he also has a save that is the most absurd, probably one of the more absurd and I think will be slept on saves that we see this season, where... Tyler Sagan tries to—well, he gets mm. like a—so th- Igor commits to the left side of the net for a save. A deflection comes back to Tyler Sagan, he try- and then he's on the weak side. Sagan tries to stuff it back in. Igor dives across the crease, stuffs it with his stick. Sagan tries again with another, like, swing of his stick, and then Igor smog- smothers it with the glove and stops. And there was four minutes to go, I think, in the second—I pe- mean, in the third period— and they were down one, so like it was, it could have, it, it was possibly a game saving save because if Dow da- scores there, you don't know what happens the rest of the way through.
0: Something that's really tricky about Igor uh, that I appreciate about him is uh, the way he gives you the glove side and then just takes it away. Mm. This is this is a common theme among uh, Igor scholars around the world, uh, where he. Will keep the glove down like just enough, like not to where it's noticeably obvious that he's doing it, but he will give you a little bit of space on the high glove and then he will know you're shooting it there and then will completely take it away. That's why you see a lot of windmill glove saves from Igor, not because they're particularly difficult saves to make, but because he's giving it to you so it looks a lot bigger than it is. That's not to knock Igor, that's I think it's intentional, yeah. Um, so yeah, good for him, great night. Uh, for Igor, and yeah. But he's
1: like that, too, where he can – he kind of has that ability to fake you out. Because there was a save he had during the stadium series where he went down to his leg. He went down to his knees almost like he was trying to protect. He was trying to guard five hole and then just made a swooping glove save once he realized that the puck hadn't gone that low. Like once he reacted to where that's not where it was headed, then just reacts and
0: makes a quick just swooping glove save. So that's how you score on Igor. You fake glove side and then you score left side. Everyone take notes.
2: I I will say when he's making windmill saves, that's when you know he's feeling it. And I mean. I, everyone's already talked about how January was the worst month of his NHL career, and you could see it, just the lack of confidence. He wouldn't go out and attack shooters. He sat back in the net, and he still got beat. He looks like a different guy post-All-Star break. Maybe winning with T.M. Matthews really helped him, but outside of the Islanders game, which I, I think for both Sorokin and Shosturkin, I'm not going to count that. I'm not going to you know really judge them on that game. Neither of Some was faults. a factor... A lot of crazy stuff happened. We know that the outdoor games are just crazy in general. His last two games, if you don't count the stadium series game, is a 41-save game against Dallas and the shutout against Calgary. And then even if you go back to the, the, his first game back against Chicago, uh, Lavi Lett made a point to mention that most the, the three goals that were allowed weren't really on him. So he's looked a lot more confident and a lot better coming back in February. 937 save percentage in the month that is yeah. kind of cool after coming off an 863 save percentage in January like Igor being back you know we talk about what the Rangers need to do differently to really go on a run and hey quietly not quietly eight straight wins big deal it's not quiet uh, not all. quiet at all that's the longest talk. streak of the season I think it's their longest streak since uh tw- 2015 the President's yeah there you are um Igor being stud Igor and net and being the Either the Vesna guy or something close to that is going to be a game changer for them down the stretch. If that's if this is legit and not just a simple little spurt,
0: right? You you and you're hoping it's not the 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 whole is Igor back conversation is starting to heat up again. It's not like he, he it's not like he beat teams recently that you should sneeze at. I mean the Flames, pardon the pun, we're we're on a complete heater. So you know I I don't no no come on Jack that I I, no, I the I, delivery was just really funny and the facial expression was really funny. You know, you know what I mean, though. It's it's For not. Bands. It's not like he went up against a bedardless Blackhawks and put up a shutty. And you're like, look, he is the greatest goaltender on the face of the planet. Like the, these were these were hot teams that he came up. Well, against. the other thing
1: is when you watch how rough of a month of January Igor had. If this is the kind of Igor that we can get back to seeing, it really could finally make the case. Pending, Quick keeps playing the way that he's playing, which is more of a just a consistent going out there and giving you a good game and putting up a fight type season that he's having this year. If Igor, if this is the Igor that we can get for the remainder of the season or most of the remainder of the season, they kind of get back in the conversation of really being the possibly the best goalie tandem in the NHL.
2: And and the team just gets back to I feel like we haven't had the conversation of a while of this team can win the Stanley Cup. I think I always with the talent on this team, I always believe that, but I certainly wouldn't have said it for the last two months, but when you get an eight-game heater like this, and you start to see everything, everything start to gel. Um, I gotta take some time and find a stat, but it revolves around Capo Caco. So I was if you want to stall and talk about Johnny Bredzin? I, I was, I was, I was going to say awesome.
0: we should talk about the right wing situation. Uh, because this is where I would argue the one weak spot for the New York Rangers that probably needs to be built.
2: We did hear an interesting report. I think this is from Brooks. Uh, but one of the Rangers beat reporters that at least up until recently, Drury had been scouting more centers than wings. Mm. but obviously the Blake Wheeler injury didn't happen until very recently.
0: I saw so. you giving Brodzinski his flowers. I, uh, I mean on we Twitter. were talking
2: about him on in the press
0: box and then a couple days
2: later there weren't his very nice contract.
0: things we were saying though oh, like, I, like, I I, I, I'd say it was 50-50.
2: well, I, I mean i I I view him as a—I thought what I said was very—I view him as a legitimate 3C NHLer, and his right. aggressiveness and his speed has been a wonder to this team that even if they do need to upgrade at the center position, which I don't know if I'm there right. anymore, that he's a guy that deserves to be on this playoff.
0: But you're day. not looking for, like, a 4C-type player, so— I might be at this point. Like, who would that be, though? Like, who do you want? Tyler
2: Johnson. Uh, I don't need. Okay. I don't even know if you need a a four C to be honest, because I I don't have massive problems with Barkley. Right.
0: I'd be looking at the wing then for sure.
1: By the way, Brudzinski two year extension, seven hundred and eighty seven thousand right. dollars. Actually, seven hundred and eighty seven thousand five hundred dollars annually. Whether he stays in the NHL or is sent down to the minor leagues, which obviously he wants to. Obviously, he wants to stay in the NHL. But a guaranteed 787,000 beans, even if you make the AHL, is crazy.
2: And For, I mean, for a guy who deserves it. This guy's story is awesome. He's 30 years old. He's always been considered an AHL player, an AHL plus player. If yeah. he was in baseball, we'd call him a quadruple A player that he tears up the AHL, mm-hmm. and then he gets the AHL. It happened last year. He got to the AHL, and he didn't really do much with the Rangers. But this year, it's looked different. His speed has finally become a game changer. His shot aggressiveness reminds me a little bit of what Vitrano brought when he came over a couple years ago, where you need a couple guys that are just going to shoot the puck. Yeah. And you know what? It's done wonders for a third line that quietly has been the Rangers' best line lately. Will Cooley, Johnny Bradzinski, and Capo Kako, who the Rangers are 26, seven and two when he plays, and 11, nine and one when he doesn't. Guys, I don't know, Capo Kako might be a game changer. <laughs> Nick,
0: mid. No, I'm not gonna do no, this. No, no, no. No, he's no. No, 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 I called
1: he's I called Capo caco's goal the other night that was basically the game winning goal ended up being against Dallas. I actually referred to it on the Chase Bridge of MSG as the quote, Don't please don't trade me special.
0: Okay. I like that. Uh great defensive forward. Can find the net sometimes. He's, go, he's
2: part of right now the Rangers' best line, and that entire right. line is driving offense, including Kapokaka. What
0: do you mean you don't think the VC line is? is I love these. The VC's bogged down by Berkeley do Goodrow, right? Because Barkley good joke uh, What do you mean? I'm talking about the VC. I was say first the new line. V the new VC, line. The, VC yeah, line. the real VC line. Yeah, the real VC line with Savannah, Jad, and Kreider. Uh, one day. One day we'll get there. What do you mean? That that happened uh
2: No, I'm just saying one day we'll get to a point where that line is awesome.
0: And not this doesn't uh, feel and awesome. Not oh, it, me- and, oh, it doesn't feel awesome. I don't think and so. not Mika It's not VC's fault. It's not
1: Mika and Kreider <laughs> initiating, initiating three Three breakaways, three two-on-ones, and Mika refusing to shoot on all three of them, which is something that actually happened. What do I need Dallas to do as night. a fan to get
0: Mika to? Yeah, <laughs> Mika and Kreider suck. I okay. mean, that's strong. They're so they're okay. so bad. They're ruining the VC line. That's you know he brings up a good that's, point. He, he brings up a great. Well, point. if it's not VC's fault, then whose fault is it?
2: It's it's the fact that Mika's been inconsistent. I, I okay. I've been pretty open about this, Peter, right?
0: As Peter Rosenberg would say, he's got some salient Listen,
2: points. he had a great. Goal to tie the game against the Islanders, and hopefully that sparks him a little bit. Merchant. But one of the biggest issues that I do think is actually being talked about is that Mika Abanijad has not produced at five on five consistently, yeah. nope. and it affect and it affects the first line.
0: We call, we well while we were talking about the Rangers power play at the Stadium Series, I called Mika Abanijad a power play merchant. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? I, I would. I don't because he is.
2: He's not
0: I don't agree. Entirely.
1: I would say, would I say that he has shown a different, would I say that he has shown a level of aggression on the power play that I wish was more consistent through his even strength play this season? 100%. Sure. Would I call him a power play merchant? Absolutely not.
2: He, right, he is, he's a, He's historically better on the power play than he is at 5v5. Historically, by, a in, By a good amount. Yes, obviously. But- I feel like power play immersion diminishes the the player that he is. He's a very talented.
1: Cuz also I don't think that Mika is the only player on the Rangers right now that is playing too cute at even strength. Like I remember like here I heard uh, on the Chase Bridge the other night when during the Stars game, I heard several journalists... and I'm just using the opinions of other people that I'm sitting near. I heard multiple journalists bitching about Adam Fox. That Adam that they had certain they had certain uh you know shifts in the ozone where like they had one. They had this one uh, breakaway. I forget exactly what happened, but it ended up just being this like, this flurry of passes as they approached the net. And then I, I want to say they pinned it on Fox, who just like didn't shoot. Just put, it's always one extra pass. Yeah. One extra pass. The,
2: the the thing that's that's tough with that is that one of Foxy's best attributes is how patient he is. Like if you, hundred oh, percent. If you watch the game, the goal that tied the game against the Islanders. That goal happens because Fox just slowly creeps towards the slot, yeah, draws yep. the defender up, and then, boom, finds Mika in the left circle. Right, I'm right like Foxy's right. patience, I have less of a problem with that than I do with Mika passing on breakaway. I okay. think
1: the point was less Adam Fox. But you're not I, the wrong. The play that they picked was Adam Fox. Um, I think the point was more like, I think it's the most glaring with Mika because he is the most repeat offender, hmm. but that, I think the point that they were getting I know it was Lazarus and some other guy I forget who was talking about it the point they were getting at is just like they are too cute with the puck so many times and it's, at even, it's even strength and power play well, it's always wh- how can I get one more pass before a shot Ranger I'm,
2: fans have been yelling shoot the puck for a decade
0: yeah I'm, I'm really sorry to hear that you're having trouble with Adam Fox. I'd actually like to propose a trade on behalf of the Fox. Oh, Lee I Lamarillo. adore Adam Fox. Don't you know, let, let, to no, let, let, Let's just do Fox for Scott Mayfield, just one for oh, one. easy. Just, just real, real, real fair. What do you think of that? Hey, well, can Go I?
1: I'll, I'll actually counter you with a question. You asked us a question, but I'll actually counter your question with a question. What were your thoughts on Islanders fans commenting, send Mayfield to the Earth's core after, yeah. the, this, like, after the stadium series? Yeah. I
0: brilliant. vote no on bullying players. I think that it. I like, vote yes okay. if it's funny and the Earth's yeah. core was funny. Earth's core was funny. <laughs> you didn't like uh, the Guan. One as much. No, I just didn't like the death this threats. This is not original. I didn't like that. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's why Scott Mayfield's like not. Sent him, him to the Earth's
2: anymore. core isn't explicitly a, a death threat. No, it's the implied. Earth's core is pretty high. And it was but creative and
0: funny. It is. Um, I think, yeah, because I, I, I just picture, okay, if I'm Scott Mayfield and I'm reading Being Sent to the Earth's Core, which he shouldn't be on Twitter right which now. Which he shouldn't be on Twitter right nope. now. Um, but if I was, I would be significantly less. Sad about someone telling me to be sent to the earth score than just a straight up death threat. So, yeah, I, yeah.
1: No, well no, it's the same thing with the bill's kicker. I forget his name after the chief's oh up. my gosh, yeah, it yeah. was really bad he right. and he deactivated I think quicker than mayfield did um one last thing I just want to touch on on the Rangers because we are like we've been we've been've been we've been, yapping. we've been flapping our gums for a while um and I alluded to it in the beginning of the segment. I just want to give a quick shout out to ryan Lingren, mm-hmm. who during the stadium series game takes a stick to the face from that rat Romanov and, um, has to exit the game. And this is not the first time that I'm just kidding. He's not a rat. Um, exits the game. Like he's had to do multiple other times this season because his body has taken an absolute beating. He's a, he's a brute. He is a Bigfoot. He is a, whatever you want to call it out there on ice skates. Um, and between the Stadium Series game on a Sunday and the Dallas Stars game on a Tuesday night, gets stitches under his eye and puts on a clear face mask Shuck. so he can get back out on the ice Bad and play. Ass. And I will shameless plug the hell out of this. I asked Peter Laviolette in post game. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, just about and I and I kind of led into it by saying, hey, it really seems like Ryan Lindgren has been that guy for you all season. Who can repeatedly take a beating and always has a quick turnaround time, and and always is is back, you know, wanting to get back on the ice. And as I'm kind of wording through my question, he go, Peter's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and I just said, look, what I asked him, I said, what is that resilience, you know, what is that resilience you've seen from him, and what does that do for the locker room? Go ahead. I've got time. Let's get the sound. We, we
2: can play it. We can play it. Let's do we it. Could, we,
1: this is Jack Warner me, and Peter Lavia. Line. Wait here, do you want me to play the one with the full question Shopping in it? Chopping
2: it oh, up. That, it's the SMY one.
1: Right, but that's only oh. really the end of the question.
2: <laughs> oh, then if you want to you do your special creation, I won't hold it again. Oh, no, I mean, I wasn't, i was just going to. No, 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 you got it up. Do it. Langer took you guys tonight with a
1: Bruce around design, and a face match. He seems like throughout the season yeah. has been that guy to be able to take a beating have a pretty quick turnaround time. Yeah. What can you say just about his resilience this season and what does that do for a locker? room? Great question. Yeah, I mean he's he's gotta get better on one blade. he's got jokes. He's not very good at that rate. But uh, short of that, he's been uh, he's been unbelievable. I mean he's a he's a warrior. You know that's
0: a that's a tough uh, what's going on under that face mask is is tough and uh, it'll if he had the chance to play the man he was
1: playing, wasn't a question. Truer words have never been spoken, I think, when we talk about Ryan Lindgren, who, again, has been one of those guys. I believe he got a shout out from Zadino Chara the other day on the Full Send that was podcast. A fake, fake quote. Oh, that sucks. Rats. That sucks. I don't read into that stuff anyway. Well,
0: I don't know if you can hear it on that clip, but if you listen really closely, you can hear Peter Laviolette just eating up your question. Mm, he loved it. Um, I felt good. It was a, That,
2: damn.
1: Fake tweets are getting realer and realer. Fake
0: tweets out-ish. are getting realer yeah. and realer. We have to be so careful. I mean, am only, I only know because Laz quote tweeted really? was like,
2: I can't believe people are still falling for this account. But now a lot of people got bit ba- because it was a low key insulting Chara quote, and he. Uh, really. Yeah, people got baited. Speaking on. of oh. Chara, though. Yeah, because wasn't it like.
1: It's because he didn't. The quote involve like the fake quote. I should say involves like him comparing him to someone else and being like he's way better than.
2: Yeah, it is a little wild. Yeah, uh, I will say, text from Eli Keeler in our hockey group chat. Capo Caco signed puck through the FDM raffle. So just throwing that out there.
1: Oh my god, cool. that I might need to throw some beans down for that. Anyway, Ryan Lindgren,
2: mm.
1: just an absolute. Bigfoot on skates, as I said. Romy is a big boy.
2: One last Rangers thing. Big game tonight. Huge game. Chris Carino will be there.
1: Chris Carino will be in the press level of the Prudential Center, which last time I was there, I ate free barbecue wings Mm. the whole night while watching the Devils play the Buffalo Sabres. It was a great time. Um, And I watched Connor Clifton get suspended. Um, Anyway, I I don't even know who he is.
0: Well, here are your games tonight, just so you guys are aware. Uh, Islanders... Uh, playing St. Louis at eight o'clock. Eh, it doesn't do it for me. Uh, your Rangers uh play the Devils 7 at seven o'clock at the Rock. Uh, let's see other notable games in the Metro. Let's take a look. Hurricanes play the Panthers. That'll be. A I like game. that. That's I like that a lot. Who who do you have in that game? Let's just okay okay. okay let's just go through Panthers. the games. Just, it, te- just it, tell it, me who's gonna win. Is it Panthers. in Florida
1: or Carolina? It's in Carolina. It doesn't
0: matter. Panthers. I'll go. I'll go. No, you dare. I'll go. Canes. Okay, Kings of Predators at st- uh Crypto dot com Arena. Kings. Wings. Okay. Uh, Red Wings at home against the Avs. Wings. I'll go Avs. Against abs. the Avs? Okay. I'll go Avs. Uh, senders host the Dallas Stars.
2: Dallas <laughs> bounce back win.
0: I don't know anyone who can safely bet on the Ottawa Senders. John anymore. and Lazarus. Uh, Penguins host the Habs. Penguins. Penguins. Not a Hab sneaky win. Nah. They can work those out.
2: Penguins bounce back.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Tampa hosts the Caps. The Hot Caps. Okay.
2: I'll take the Caps. I hate Tampa. Uh, I'm going to take Tampa.
0: Take Tampa, even though Tampa's been playing like garbage recently. They've they been dropping so many. You games. need to bounce back somewhere. They're thirty twenty two and five. That's not the Tampa. Bay Tampa, is
2: g- Tampa is Tampa is going to get jumped by Toronto for the three seed. Mm.
0: Uh, Flames host the Bruins. Flames have fallen off. Bruins. From, I'll from take the bees too. I would take the bees. Kraken hosts the Canucks. 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 And the Golden Knights host the Leafs. 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 Really? They're on a
2: heater. Morgan Riley
0: say, I know season. they're on a heater. This is part of a a broader conversation though. The NHL's been packing so many more games. Like back one to backs. Day. A lot of backs to backs and a lot of like fourteen mm. game days. Where you're like, not mind is it, way too Which
1: I don't mind it at all, but I do It's
2: tougher to watch everything, but I do like the action pack slates. They should do more sixteen game. Days. Yeah. They also and need they to do, they're, more they're the, more do more of They're going to doing more. They should do more the NHL red zone stuff. Yeah,
1: they need yeah. to do That's what I was about to say. Is they need to do power play again. That was so much fun. Um I enjoyed that a lot, but that's I guess that's what we should close the show on. Uh Um Austin Matthews yeah. fastest American-born player to 50 goals. Poppy. In the history of the NHL. 50 in 54 games, right? It's
0: 50 bingos.
1: That is unheard of, to go along with not one, not two, but two times
2: three, six hat tricks this season.
0: That's absurd.
2: How do you how do, you do that? He's just a good hockey player. Natural goal scorer. He's going to get to 70. We were looking it up right before we started. The last time someone did it, Timo Solani, 92. I think it was his rookie year.
0: Yeah. Niels and Marner would both have to go down for him not to hit 70. I
2: it's he's had an unbelievable season. It's Toronto what sucks about Toronto is that every year if you if you start to support them if you think this is the year, you're going to end up looking like a buffoon because we know the way the story ends every single season. They want to play But hot damn, man. Toronto is Toronto is really they, fun sometimes. Be- and Matthews is Matthews is the best goal scorer we've seen in the league. Since Ovi. Lou, they, won a, they won, won a playoff series.
0: I know, they but a, they lost in the zero. They, won a it, but they won Their goal was the series. cup. Rupe, They're still so far. John Tavares is an impact player. Yeah, rub hands. His pajamas, though.
2: Oh my god. for the Dallas Stars. Rub pants. Pants. hands.
0: I'm so sorry. We shouldn't. This is well, getting. Bad. I would no.
2: But what I will say is that because I I had this com- convo with Jack, I think it would. It probably need. He he needs a cup to be in this convo. I think. Yeah. But. uh Potential for greatest American-born player. I know that's probably Patty Kane right now, um, unless, oh, yeah? you, think, unless he? you think differently. Where's he right now? In the with the wings, in the back seat of a cat punching nothing people.
0: Nothing with Cat. Doing yeah. nothing. But
2: I like again Kane's cups makes it a little difficult. But Matthews is special.
0: He's he's pretty good. He's a pretty he?
2: good player, ain't he?
1: There's a lot of skill packed into that forehead. No, I'm just kidding. I can't make fun of him. He's like incredible. Um
0: what, what what's crazy from Matthews though is the goals when he's like on the half boards and will just slingshot it towards the net and yeah. he'll go in. I don't know it's it's Gretzky like scoring ability. It's really crazy. Puck just finds the it back. Rea- of the net. I mean,
2: to be in the conversation where we're talking about you having seventy goals in the season, you read the list. Before we started the show, and yep. it's Gretzky, Lemieux, Timo Solani's rookie year. I think Hull, Jari Curry, Jari Curry. Shout out, Great and Shell. Like yeah, it's Hull. Like, Timo it's, Solani did it in his rookie year. He, he's it's the greatest rookie year of all time. What? Um, the, what? It's like garbage franchise. You'd be. He's gonna. He, I mean, he's already an elite player, but to get to seventy, I mean that right. That's something that Ovi, who we consider one of the greatest goal scorers of all time, has never done like that. He's kind of that matters. Up, Ovi. Yeah, he's gonna get back. He's gonna get back to more Ovi like form. I'm just saying that like Matthews gets to 70, all of a sudden you're in rare air. He's probably already a Hall of Famer, yeah. but special, special plot. Spot. Just a,
1: a scoring ability that we don't see too frequently nowadays. Certainly not in six five two east one Oh my God, you doxed us again. <laughs> well, you yeah. That's that? now twice. No one listens. To that the you've show. Do- I'm uh, wow. What? What?
0: Wow. Can I can I put my pants back on or? <laughs>
1: well, no. I, I mean, I don't think you should put your pants back on. Till, I mean, if you started the oh show without your pants on, then you should finish the show without your pants on. I don't see why. I, that's you, what I think. You know, just like if the Islanders started the Stadium Series hot out the gate, they should have finished it hot out the gate and not with idiot tripping penalties. Mm-hmm. But you know, oh, how many goals Scotty.
2: does Brendan Smith score today against his former team?
0: Zero. <laughs> yeah, that's what
2: I thought too could be a big win for the oh, Rangers if they do, can tough it up. Do
0: the Islanders call up Matt Maggio anytime soon? I think I like should. it. I like I think it they, a lot. Why
2: would you have to lose? He's so good. Right. Standboard? Bridge, that's a, that's Bridge
1: Bridgeport, say. a horrendous hockey team, is going to become a whole lot more horrendous when that happens, and shout out to Samboar, because the, 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 the PA girl in the stands is better than,
2: than the hockey team on the ice. And if Bruce the Devils Longman win today, it doesn't matter. I feel I I feel like this game doesn't have as much stakes as this it, game I, as I thought it was going to. This game I
0: don't feel like like it I, doesn't
1: have the same oomphs to it. Mm-hmm. Cause and and I think part of that is because the the Devils have not been a factor to this. I point. see a four two Rangers win.
0: Oh, some some stadium series stats that I saw like engagement was up ninety two percent compared cool. to last year. Viewership was up forty five percent, and I think part of that is just it's the New York market. Yep. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Yeah. 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 Well.
1: On that note, I want to give a special thank you to Barrett Spritzer, my club baseball teammate, who produced this episode. Way to go. Along with Max Spitzer, my other club baseball teammate, who came to shadow and sit and look cute in his blue beanie. And he does. And he does. He, he did a good job of that. Makube. This has been another episode of Five on Three. Watch as much hockey as you can in the next week. And another special thank you to Lou Orlando and Nick Palmer who still should not put his pants back on yet, not until I tell you to. Certainly not now. Uh, Five on Three is the official hockey podcast of Rupe Hints. Have a good day.